I show you some breathing exercises because Jean showed me spirit is born on the breath. I show you how to surrender to your emotional states, but it's very important then not to let your emotional states wash you overboard because if we get too upset, which is very common, especially in the early stages of grief, it turns off the spirit channel and blocks us from being able to both send and receive signals. I also give you exercises to open up your five senses because spirit beings, being pure energy, are able to energetically send signals to all of our senses. So the more our sensory receiver is on, the more we can perceive the signs that are being sent our way. Now, the next step to really reconnecting is recognizing the signs. That's, I have a separate chapter on this. Now, most people say to me, I can't tell you how many thousands have said to me, I'm not getting any signs, but then I lay out the list of signs of spirit presence, and in no time they're saying to me, oh, well, this happened and that happened. Because, again, freed from the human vessel, our loved ones in spirit can influence the material world in infinite ways with sounds and animals behaving oddly like the chipmunk and putting odd sensations in us and drafts and temperature changes and chills and goose flesh and they also do symbolic communications with butterflies, and even they will manifest coins that are minted on the year that was significant. And speaking of coins, you know, I had a patient in my office named Kyla, and I said to her, this is the anniversary week of Jean's bodily death, and so he brings me a lot of coins that were minted on the year that he left his body. Now, I say this to Kyla, and she blinks, and she says, oh, my goodness, Jamie, I almost forgot. She said, you see the cowboy boots I'm wearing? They were in the middle of my bedroom. I wasn't wearing them. When I saw a coin falling out of thin air and landing in the boot, and I got the message, the coin was for you. So she says, let me give it to you. So she takes her boot off, turns it upside down, and now I hear Jean say, it was minted in the year I left my body. You'll see. So I go get my glasses. Sure enough, it was. <laughs> now... Now we go to a whole new place because Love Never Dies, the CEO of Hay House said, you're taking people to a place that I have never seen before because I show you how you can dialogue back and forth with the departed to obtain guidance, to heal unfinished business, to just get support. Now, spirits dialogue with us in many ways. So in addition to communicating with us through signs, through dreams, and mind melding, they can actually make these signs come to life and use them to engage with us in a back and forth communication. Would you like an example of what I'm talking about? <laughs> of course. <laughs> yeah, okay. So, okay, here's a really good example of the difference between static signs that they drop on us and how we can have a back-and-forth communication with the assistance of these signs and earthly props as well, earthly props being usually electronic devices. So here we are. It's the anniversary week of Jean's bodily death, and I went to my chiropractor, and Teresa, the receptionist, was at the desk, and we were alone in the office. And I tell her that I'm giving my first talk publicly about Love Never Dies. And at that moment, I smelled gardenias. I did not say anything. And Teresa looks at me and she says, do you smell gardenias? <laughs> so I said, Teresa, 
That's the scent of sanctity. Jean is giving us a sign that he's here, and he's giving us both that sign. Now, the next day I saw beautiful, but by seeing it to her and to me, it's a confirmation, right? Yeah. So the next, next day I'm with a patient who desperately needed to reconnect with her sister in spirit. I told her the story about the scent of gardenias, and at that moment, I heard Jean saying to me, I wish I could give you a bouquet of roses. He gave me roses every week, peach-colored roses. Now, Jean was dialoguing with me by inducing the thought in my mind. Now, the patient abruptly sat up and she said, Jamie, do you smell roses? Now, in that really elegant manifestation, he put the thought in her mind, using her as an open vessel to facilitate a back-and-forth dialogue between him and me. So he used her to let me know that I had heard him correctly about wishing to give me roses, but at the same time he bolstered her confidence in her ability to hear spirit so that she could reconnect with her sister. Now, I'm going to give you another example of how we can dialogue and how they dialogue with us with the help of people who are open vessels, that is someone who's willing to be used in the service of love, the very young, the very old, the mentally ill, the physically disabled. So my friend Anne was coming to take me to dinner. And I say to him out loud, Jean, it feels like you're coming home to me whenever she takes me to dinner because she is willing to let you speak through her. Two seconds later, she opens the door and this is what she says, honey, I'm home. <laughs> now she puts a hand over her mouth in embarrassment. What a ghost joke, she says. I said, no. Jean was dialoguing with me using you as his open vessel to let me know he heard me and he was answering. So now we go to dinner. Now Anne is so stoical, she wouldn't cry if her kid was hit by a bus. Okay? Oh. Now, she's just stoical. The next thing I know, I look at her across the table, and she's starting to look like that chipmunk. She's got a glazed expression, and now I start seeing tears pouring out of her eyes. And this is what she says. You look so beautiful tonight, I wish I had a camera. Jean used to say this to me. Nobody ever heard this but me. So here it was. He was dialoguing with me with the help of Anne, an open vessel, who he was using in the service of love. Now, spirits will also dialogue with us using what I referred to a few minutes ago as earthly props. Because, again, freed from the vessel of the human body, they are pure energy, and their energy can easily interrupt electronic devices. Now, here's how Jean talked to me back and forth through an earthly prop. So, one night, I was crying, and I said to him, Jean, why does everybody say I'm glowing when I'm crying my eyes out? And now I hear him answering me. He says, Jamie, brides glow. We're newlyweds in the new spiritual phase of our relationship. That's why you're glowing. Now I get an email. The email is from a disabled man I do not know who had written to me a few weeks earlier having seen a review that I posted about a mattress and he wrote to me then to say, do you really like the mattress? And I said, yes, but I can't talk. My husband just died. I'm really sorry. So now on this night, I receive another email from this man and he only says, I thought you would like to see a photograph of my beloved bird named Jamie. 
So I open up the picture. Now, this was already amazing enough. Jean and I had a bird named Fluffy, so I loved birds. And I look at the picture of the bird, but underneath that picture, I see there's another attachment. And I open that attachment, and what is it? I nearly freak out. It's a picture of the Arc de Triomphe in Paris. Where did Jean and I go on our honeymoon? Paris. Where did our hotel overlook? The Arc de Triomphe. So Jean was sending me through this electronic earthly prop the message confirming, I, I'm, you heard me, I told you, we're newlyweds. I immediately write this guy back and I say, you said you were sending me a picture of the bird, but why would you send me the picture of the Arc de Triomphe in Paris? The guy never answered me, which led me to conclude that he wasn't even real, that y'all somehow manipulated the electronics, used that earthly prop to dialogue with me, okay? So this is what I'm talking about in Love Never Dies. We're all supposed to reconnect and dialogue with our loved ones to whatever degree we wish. If somebody was ripped from you due to a sudden illness or an accidental death, you need to reconnect and at the very least say goodbye. But we also can reconnect to obtain support as we travel down the bumpy road called life because now they are our spirit guides and they are here to help us complete our our spiritual development and also to give us guidance. But what if you're one of the millions of people who has some unfinished business with someone in spirit? Well, then I show you how to dialogue to heal your unfinished business. And so in this last chapter, I show you how to enter a trance and then I give you my specific meditation for making contact, and then we dialogue back and forth, and I show you how to do it in writing and how to even use a tape recorder. And, and what's so uplifting about my method is very often we have to wait until somebody leaves his or her body in order to work it out because in spirit form they're more evolved. In spirit form, they see how they screwed up, and they want to work it out with us. And I found this out, believe it or not, the first week after Jean left his body, I went to the garage to have the car repaired. Jean always did that chore, and they didn't know me, so I introduced myself to Debbie, and I say, Jean just died, and she says, oh, I'm a widow too. That's all she had to say, and now I hear her deceased husband coming through to me to tell her, stop making the same mistake I did, you're doing what I did with our son, and now you're creating the same power struggle. Now, I say this to her, and she looks at me, and she says, oh, that's true. But the important part to me in that experience was that her husband realized how he messed up, and he only realized it when he left his body. But then I found out they need us to help them evolve spiritually. They need us to confront them with the things that they have done that have harmed us, that not only do we need it for our own healing, but they need it too. And the way I discovered this was on Good Friday, Jean sent me to see this bird breeder who had tried to help us save our little bird, Fluffy, but we couldn't. So I walk in the door, and there is a finch sitting on, in a cage looking very bad. And she says to me, you see this finch is going to be dead by the end of the day because they're, they're so little, if they don't eat for more than a day, they die. So I said to her, may I try to help this bird? And she says, go ahead. So I go over to the cage. 
and I put my cheek against the bar. Now, normally a bird would be freaked, but this bird was not. And I begin to speak to the bird, and I say to the bird, I want you to go down to the seed bowl and start eating. Now, I was energetically communicating with the bird, but I was saying it out loud so she could hear. Now, the bird immediately goes down to the seed bowl and starts scarfing up seeds like a little mini vacuum. The more the bird eats, the better the bird is getting. Now I become aware that there is a spirit presence surrounding this bird and the bird lady. Lainey is her name. I don't know her, but it's clear it's her mother in spirit form. The mother starts apologizing. I am so sorry that I was such a weakling that I didn't protect you. So I say this to her, and she says, oh, my gosh, my mother would always say, I'm a weakling, I'm a weakling. Now I look at the bird, and the bird is craning its neck up, looking very bad and sick again. And I am aware that there's another spirit presence, and that presence is making the bird sick. So I say to the bird, don't worry about this. Go back to eating. The bird does. And I say, I will help Lainey with this other spirit. Now I feel my eyes pulled to the ceiling. We will all notice this. It's a form of clairsentience where spirit pulls our attention where they want us to go so that we will get a communication. I look at the ceiling and I see this purple ball of glass. And I can't remember, did I give it to her as a gift? Because I know I owned one at one time. She says no, she bought it for herself, for protection. Now I hear her father say, you don't need protection anymore. I can't hurt you anymore. I am so sorry I molested you. And I am begging you to confront me with what I did because I can't move on spiritually until you confront me and make me face this. This was the most shocking thing for me that I, when I realized, oh my gosh, she was frozen in time, still the abused, abused child, and she needs to confront him and he's begging her to do it. Okay? Whew. Intense, do right? Do you, do you ever breathe? <laughs> no, not since Dawn left his body because I have to get this story out. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, I get it. I totally get it. Yeah. That's, that, that is so powerful. You, very, very few people, even so-called spiritual people who talk about uh, spirits and moving on and all this stuff, they, they rarely talk about how the spirit needs spirits need to be given right. a chance to evolve like them. Yes, and so that, and that they are willing to be with us. If we're mad at them, we don't have to give up our anger. They just want to meet us where we are. And so that's, I have a whole chapter in Love Never Dies where I show you how to do that. And I use a lot of case examples from people I've helped to dialogue with loved ones in spirit who have harmed them emotionally, sexually, physically. And I show you, you know, how to do this. Now, Here's the neatest okay, part. Let me, let me let me interrupt you for a second because Go ahead. I have a, I have a question for you. Right. And that and that is when my mother died. Well, I'll back up further. My father died. And he's always been around. There's right. no question. You know, he's here with me. When my mother right. died, she disappeared. She absolutely disappeared. You know, she's right. come to me maybe once or twice, but she's gone, baby. What what you know is what that about? Said? You know what she said? She, she just told me. Why? It's crazy what just popped in. She said, I needed to give you time alone with your father. Huh. Well, enough yeah. already. Come back. <laughs> okay. Have you told her, it's okay, I don't need time alone with him anymore. She had a feeling you needed time alone with him. 
Does that make sense to you? I suppose, and we never did spend much time together. Exactly. So do you see, there, there it is. She knew you needed time alone because you didn't spend enough time with him. So she wanted to be, you know, selfless about it. You can tell her, it's okay now. She says, if, you, if you've had enough time with him alone, I'll sh- I'm willing to share you now. <laughs> well, it's about time. It's only been, what, 30 years? <laughs> but in spirit form, that's a blink of an eye. There is no time. So which brings me to, I mean, ultimately, what's our purpose here on Earth, obviously, is to perfect our ability to love ourselves, right, and others. Our life is our love lab. But obviously, we can't love others if we don't love ourselves. Now, I am living proof of this challenge of how do you love yourself when you're raised in a crazy, abusive family? Because I was beaten physically and verbally. And in spite of all of Jean's incredible love for me, I continued to hear my parents' very mean voices putting me down. Now, after he left his body, I went to my professional group. And these are the biggest analysts all over the world flying in to do this group. And I say, listen, I can't get my parents' voices to to be quiet. And they all said, well, just yell louder. Well, that wasn't working. It didn't work. It never worked. So I come back from the group, and Jean appears to me in a visitation. And he showed me the answer. He appeared to me really as the embodiment of love. He was surrounded in golden light. He takes my face in his hand. He turns my face toward him. And all he says is, listen, 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 listen to me. Allow my love to enter you. And then I understood what was happening because not even his earthly love for me could penetrate me in the way that his love could penetrate me when he was in spirit form because now he was freed from the vessel of his human body. His spirit and his love could enter me freely and his love became my self-love. And so the whole point of Love Never Dies is to fast-track your self-love, reconnect with your loved ones in spirit. That's your way to fast-track your self-love. And then the door of your heart now is so fully open. They let you, they, they come to you and they help you heal all your unfinished business in every corner of your soul. Now you're so filled to overflowing with love that then you can share that love with the world. And connecting with loved ones in your spirit, in the spirit form, is our fast track to that self-love. Whew, that's pretty powerful. Yeah. I, I, you know, when you said that, his love became my self-love. That, that's yes. Like, whew, that's like a hammer, man. Wow. It's so huge. I know, and I describe the experience, and then this is why I'm so passionate. And, I mean, I've taken a lot of heat for bringing this story out. I'm a mainstream shrink, but I have no choice. You know, I want everybody to know that you can instantly transform your grief to joy by reconnecting. You can get guidance. You can heal yourself, mind, body, and soul by just opening the door of your heart and letting them come back in. And there's no reason for you to live in this perpetual grief. You know, I had a woman come to me. She was so, so sad and angry that her daughter left her. She had a car crash and she died. And I said, but if you just reconnect with her, your pain will be transformed instantly. Oh, I used to believe in God. I used to believe in the afterlife. Now I'm mad at God. I hate everybody. I hate everything. Her daughter comes through instantly. And she shows herself to me with her teeth being all perfect and white. And I tell the mother this, and the mother 
shrieks. She breaks into tears and she says to me, in life, my daughter's only feature that she was ashamed of was her teeth. And she said they were black and crooked. So there I said, do you see? She's showing you. Here I am. I'm in my spirit body and I'm healed. Connect with me. The next week the mother comes back. I say, were you feeling better? No, she says, I didn't feel her. She went right back into the sad, angry place. Now the daughter comes through like gangbusters and says, tell her about Padre Pio. So I say to her, she asked me to tell you about Padre Pio. The mother says, she leaps off the couch, lands in the middle of my office like she's shot out of a cannon. She says, why did you say Padre Pio? I said, she asked me to. Now the mother cries again and she says, Padre Pio was her favorite saint. She spoke about him morning, noon, and night. I feel her presence now. And that was it. She reconnected, and she wasn't sad and angry anymore. Whew. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. So let me, let, me, let me ask you one more question here, and we talked about this earlier. Yeah. Actually, I've got, I've got two questions for you. The okay. first one is, uh, when Jean comes back, do you ever have spiritual sex? Baby, <laughs> if Dr. Love had spiritual sex, who will? Right after he left his body, I was lying on the, on the rug, face down, my butt facing heavenward. And all of a sudden, I could feel Jean was all turned on. And I looked up at him, and I said, what are you now, a dirty old man spirit? You know, <laughs> you're a butt, you're a butt man in life, you're still a, so, frankly, when you allow yourself to just completely open, they are able to enter you. Not only their love, but you can actually feel them entering you in all kinds of ways. And you can have ecstasy. That's what the mystics do. You know, when they meditate and they have an instant orgasm, that's because the Holy Spirit just enters them and they have physical ecstasy. And remember, our loved ones are one with God and all the saints. So absolutely. And I show you, you know, how to open yourself to all these possibilities because this is all part of our human experience. It's all within the realm of possibility. Well, I'm glad I asked. <laughs> I'm glad you did too. Wait a minute, I got to get that vibrator. Get get some. No, I don't need that. I don't need the batteries for the vibrator. <laughs> Save me on my battery bills. Right. <laughs> okay. Now we've got we've got about four more minutes before you have to go to your to your next appointment. So I want to ask you, out of all the daring things you've done in your life, because obviously you're a pretty daring person, yeah. um, what has been one of, the, one of the key daring things that's gotten you to be where you are today? Uh, well, having the courage to just be truthful, to tell the truth come what may. doesn't matter what other people think. You know what is truthful, and this, this, this move to come out and tell our story, obviously, was just a continuation of the same. And now, of course, I have a radio show on Hay House. You know, I don't know if we said the name of the book. It's Love Never Dies, How to Reconnect and Make Peace with the Deceased. And I have a radio show on Hay House every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific where I am helping people call in and reconnect, so I'm out there publicly and doing interviews and just really spreading the word. This is the bravest thing, the bravest of all, being true to your heart and being true to your passion, because what are we here for? To love, and our story is really to help everybody reconnect and continue loving 
their loved ones in spirit. Whew, I'm exhausted. <laughs> I'm sorry, but you know, no, I just I'm had it I'm, all I'm, out. I'm, huh? I'm actually thrilled. This is really wonderful. Now, tell us what what website you want people to go to to find out more about. Oh, uh, well, wonderful. So, easiest way to find me is at uh, drlove.com. Drlove. DrLove.com, and if you sign up for my newsletter, you will receive a sample of Love Never Dies, and and then when you purchase the book, come on back and let us know, and we have a love sweepstakes, you know, and you can automatically be entered in the love sweepstakes. I love to hear from everybody, love to connect, love to have everybody call me on Hay House Radio, uh, just love being able to help people begin their dialogues and their reconnection. That's awesome. I love sweepstakes. Do you win a husband or a wife? <laughs> no, you just win a uh, you win back your partner in spirit, and and you can win an earthly love too. Because that's the thing people will say. Oh, you can't move on. Yes, you can. We have enough room in our hearts to love those who are walking the earth and those who are in their spirit bodies. You'd never say to a mother, right? Oh, well, you had one child. You can't have any more because you can only love one child. No. Right. <laughs> Right. Uh, yep, that's true. Right. Well, I want I want to thank you before I let you go here because I know you've got appointments and stuff, but I want to thank you so much for your amazing revelations and the things that you've been so courageous to share. I I think that everybody's going to really appreciate this. So thank you so much for being my guest today. Oh, you are such a gracious host, and you're really you're really a pip too. You're really funny. <laughs> you're great. <laughs> Well, thank you. (laughs) So this has been Angela Treat Lyon at Daring Dreamers Radio at IDareYourRadio.com interviewing Dr. Love, Dr. Jamie Turndorf, who you can find at DrLove.com, DrLove.com. And I want you to buy her book, Love Never Dies. And I want you to go to her website and find out about her Tay House Radio radio show so you can listen to that because... This is information you don't get anywhere else that I know of, so have at it. And I implore you, please, to be audacious and bodacious, outrageous, bold, and as alive as you can possibly be, and I'll see you on the next show. 